what is up everybody what is up we are excited to be here tonight because your dallas cowboys secured their first win against the new york giants or should we say the new york midgets <laughs> um because that is what we made them look like uh yesterday or you could say the New York Dwarfs, but definitely not Giants. Uh, we definitely, what's up, Twitter? Glad to see you in the chat tonight. Uh, what's up, Mickey? Glad to see you in the chat tonight. But yeah, we definitely dominated, dragged, obliterated. <laughs> we we definitely brought the boom to the Giants uh, yesterday and for sure had the uh, most dominant win of the opening week now of course we know that the bills and the jets are playing now i think um so it's yet to remain seen what that whoever wins what that score margin will be uh but we for sure know um that uh, as of right now we the dallas cowboys had the most dominant win after those three and four letter networks betting against us, I even saw some Cowboys fans betting against us because uh, Cowboy fans were just, what do you want to call it, emotionally damaged. You know, so many things. We just are always, some Cowboys fans are still living under the Jason Garrett era or, you know, the Wade Phillips era, era or the eras when, you know, we didn't have a quarterback or just crazy things would happen, even under Bill Parcells. Um, and so we live under that. We live under that curse. And so even though Mike McCarthy has proven and shown that this is a new day and age, the players have shown, this is a new day and age in Dallas Cowboys Nation. Um, but some of us... Um, it's hard for us to accept that. <laughs> so we keep uh, keep trying to not get our hearts, our what, our, what they say, get your hopes up, right? We keep just expecting the worst. I've seen some Cowboys content creators predict we not going, we're going to get second round exited. I mean, yeah, we're going to get exited in divisional again and all of this type of stuff. Um, and I just think that they do that to protect themselves. So that, hey, if we do win, great. But if we don't, it's like, oh, I knew we were going to lose anyway. I knew same old captains. But anyway, 
it's a new day and age, and I believe that the team will continue to prove that. And I'm just so excited about this win because that's what it means to me, right? And they kept putting the pressure. You know how they keep saying stuff? Oh, Dak Prescott's undefeated. Dak Prescott's undefeated. You know, they keep saying that because they want you to get a little bit scared. Like, oh, man, maybe this is the one time Dak is going to lose, you know. And nope. We beat the crap out of them once again, as we always do. But um, before we get into the content, guys, uh, please like, uh, share, um, like and share this video. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the Blast Music 247 YouTube channel, um, which is the platform that allows me to do this Stargazer Sports podcast every Monday. I'm just so excited um, for the season is here, guys, and just excited to bring you guys content every week with game recaps and and I have some things that I'm going to get, basically get established for the format of my shows for uh, the rest of this season. But um, yeah, please like this video, share, please, guys. Um, the more you like this video, the more it gives YouTube messes with the algorithm and YouTube puts it out in front of more people so that more people can see my videos. Please subscribe, like I said, to my YouTube channel, guys. I'm really trying to grow it. I'm at 90 subscribers. If y'all could have me by 100 by the end of this week, that would be great. I'm going to do a celebration um, because, wow, you know, it's been me starting off on Twitter, which is now X, um, and then finally branching out to Instagram and Facebook, and then finally started doing my my channel, my YouTube channel, I believe, in May, um, or it was either April or May, and since then, we've been hitting the ground running and just growing this platform and trying to trying our best to put out the best content for you guys um, and just give you um, stars thoughts um, about our team. And um, I said on the first episode, I believe, of this podcast that I'm here to bring confidence and encouragement to Cowboys Nation. Um, that's why this Stargazer Sports exists. And that's why I want to continue to put out content um, to help us stay encouraged and help us build confidence in our team. But um, if I think that's it for my intro, so we can go ahead and roll into uh, the content. All right. Cowboys versus Giants week one recap. And I said, you ninjas are in trouble. Y'all know that ninjas is a replace for another word that I can't say. <laughs> we'll get in trouble for that. But um, I want y'all to listen. My theme song for, I don't have, I can't play it here, but I want y'all to go listen to it. My theme song for this Dallas Cowboys season. I think it goes perfect with our theme, Carpe Omnia. If y'all didn't hear, that is our theme this year, which is Latin for seize everything. AKA take everything, leave nothing on the table. And I believe that that's what we represented um, in our first week, uh, our week one blowout versus the Giants. But I want you to listen to Dez, D-E-A-D-Z, I believe, by the Migos, rest in peace, Takeoff, on their Culture 2 album. Y'all listen to that and tell me if that don't get you fired up and tell me if y'all don't think that that's just a perfect theme song 
four, and that's where I get this. You ninjas in trouble are from from that from that song, Deads by the Migos. Y'all listen to that song and see if that don't get you hyped. Just listen to it before every every game is gonna get you turned. I wish I could play it, but I don't want to face copyright issues and all that stuff. But please listen to it. Um, a great song is featuring Two Chains. Um, super hype song, and I think it's like I said, it's perfect for our theme this year. Sees everything. Carpe Omnia. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into uh, our first slide. Oh, sorry, our second slide. We can move on. Is <laughs> that our first slide? There we go. Oh, I think I can actually control it. Hold on, let me see. Yeah, I can. Sweet. All right. Sorry, V. I think that's why you paused because you're like, oh, she can control it. Okay, anyway. So, Cowboy sees everything versus the Giants. Final score, 40 to zero. All right. So, let's go over. Um, there were some records broken uh, during this game um, for individually for Dak as well as the team. Um, so, I have these here for y'all so that y'all can uh, – realize what we did yesterday because i know a lot of people will try to downplay what we did oh it's just the giants as if the giants weren't a playoff team last year as if people weren't hyping the giants you know day ball won coach of the year last year and you know everybody was hyping the giants every all a lot of the three and four layer networks had them beating us the colin cowherds all of them had the giants beating us um and they got zero points game wasn't even remotely close from start to finish it was a blowout um but let's let's go ahead so Dak has now beaten the giants 11 times 11 times in a row so he now has an 11 to 2 record against the giants as a dallas cowboys starting quarterback and the last quarterback to do so was Roger Staubach. That's correct. Roger Staubach was the last quarterback to do this. Not Troy Aikman, not Tony Romo, but Dak Prescott. So let that sink in. I want that to sink in with you guys because, and I'm bringing out these stats because I just one day it's going to click for y'all how good Dak Prescott is. One day, I believe. Maybe after we win a Super Bowl, it'll finally click in y'all's heads and y'all will stop questioning who he is and how great of a quarterback he is. Um, and I have a source. This is from per, uh, Todd Archer. I don't know who Todd Archer is. He is a Cowboys beats writer, insider, right? Um, so just I have the sources. So just y'all know this is reputable information. This is not just things that I'm making up. All right. Another important record that was uh that that your quarterback broke yesterday. So Dag is now the fifth fastest player to 25,000 passing yards in the NFL history. Okay, I'll read that again. Dak is now the fifth fastest player, right? To 25,000 passing yards in NFL history. And he is now the second player in league history to reach 
to reach, sorry, 25,000 passing yards and 1,500 rushing yards in his first 100 games. The only the only other quarterback to do this is Aaron Rodgers. That's right. First ballot Hall of Fame, the mini goat Aaron Rodgers is the only other quarterback in the NFL history to do this. So these stats again just show you how dominant um and where Dak stands in league history. Because I think a lot of that's why I kind of laugh when y'all like put try to put other players right now in the league above him when Dak caliber is really top among quarterbacks in league history not with the quarterbacks that are just exists in the league right now um some of y'all's quarterbacks <laughs> can't even imagine hitting 25,000 passing yards um, and y'all have to remember Dak pretty much missed a whole season in 2020 and then missed half of the season last year. So Dak would have probably already been done broke this week. He probably would have been, I don't know where he would have been, but he would have been higher than five um, had he not missed that time, you know? So, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. He did miss the time, but regardless, he still is top five right in NFL history to reach that that milestone of 25,000 passing yards. Um, just showing you. And then the record, it just shows you how Dak Prescott has, has evolved his game, right, from a running quarterback to a passing quarterback. And the only other quarterback that has done this in NFL history is Aaron freaking Rodgers, the baby goat. Not Patrick Mahomes, not Joe Burrow. Hey, Nisi, glad to see you. Not, I don't know who, Russell Wilson, Tony Romo, Deshaun Watson, not any of those people. Just Stack Prescott. All right. So, anyway, moving on. Cowboys are now the first team, okay, since 2009 to have an offensive, defensive, and special teams touchdown and a season opener. And this is per JPA football. JPA football is a sports analytics news, um, I guess, company organization um, that's on Twitter. So very reputable. <laughs> a lot of people use, retweet their, their information, their stats and stuff like that. And, the second stat that I got, I got that directly from, it's been circling. A lot of the beat writers have reported it, uh, but also I think I directly got this from our guy, Henny the Moore. Y'all check out Henny the Moore, HTM Sports. Please check him out. He is a Dallas Cowboys content creator, analytics guy. Um, and I got this directly from his tweet when he was congratulating Dak for accomplishing that feat um, in yesterday's game. Um, and then we move on to, and just to talk about this team stat, it just shows that what a complete game we had. And see, when we talk about all three phases, how all three phases are literally in sync, um, which is so important because you need all three phases, right? All three phases are important. 
you can have a great offense, but if you have a terrible defense, which we've had in the past, you don't win. <laughs> you can have a great defense, but if you have an offense that you can't score, you don't win. Ask the commanders. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can have a great defense, a great offense, but if you make special team mistakes, turnovers, if you can't make plays, block punts and do the things that you need to do to swing games, then you don't win games. So all three phases are important. All three phases have to be in sync in order for you to win games. And what we put on the field tonight, sorry, put on the field last night is exactly that. And then check out this other stat. Now, our win yesterday was the third largest opening game margin of victory in franchise history and the largest amongst openers on the road. And this is per Bobby Belt. You guys don't know Bobby Belt. Listen to 105.3 The Fan. He's obviously a Dallas Cowboys insider. Uh, beat writer has for Love of the Star with Brian Broaddus. If y'all don't know who Brian Broaddus is, was literally a former scout for the Dallas Cowboys, former scout for the Green Bay Packers. Now he's also on Dallas Cowboys Network as well as 105.3 The Fan. Um, these are analysts, <laughs> Cowboys insiders, right? Um, so just to let you guys know, again, I, like I said, I put my sources there so y'all know that I'm just not just talking out what they say is the side of your neck. But the reason why Star chose to list all these things, guys, is so that we know that what we did yesterday was important. So don't let anybody tell you, oh, just like I said, it's just the Giants, who cares? Because what we did yesterday was make history. That's what we did yesterday. We made history. So when anybody tries to downplay it, and I don't care how no team in the NFL should be losing zero to 40. <laughs> and it's crazy because there was another stat. The Dallas Cowboys have, under Mike McCarthy, I think we have 12 or 11 games where we scored 40-plus points. Like, I don't know what else Mike has to do to show y'all that this is a – this isn't the same Dallas Cowboys because we are being led differently, guys. We have a different leader. There's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> we don't, we're not under Jason Garrett. We're not under Wade Phillips and, and the Bill Parcells and all of these guys, right? They were in direct, not, we know Bill Parcells is an amazing probably going to be in the Hall of Fame coach, so I'm not discrediting Bill Parcells. I'm just saying that Bill Parcells wasn't able to accomplish much in Dallas, which is arguably because of Jerry front office, right? So I'm not downplaying Bill Parcells. Please do not think that. I have high regard and high respect for Bill Parcells, but nevertheless, he wasn't able to do things uh, that Mike McCarthy is now doing. And that's just the facts. I can't really spin it any other way. All right? With the same front office, by the way. <laughs> Jerry's still here. Steven's here. Will McClay wasn't here then, but Jerry and Steven, the head honchos, they're still here. So, uh, and Mike McCarthy had to navigate those waters to be able to be in control, full control of the team like he is now. So, y'all just know that. 
Um, but uh, let's move on to the next slide here. So, after watching the game, what I concluded is the Dallas Cowboys have the best defense in the league. And I said, period. I'll say it again. The Dallas Cowboys have the best defense in the league. And that's on what? Period. <laughs> okay. Um, the whole night, Daniel Jones was under attack. And to be honest, I don't know why Dayball had Daniel Jones still in there in the fourth quarter once we had pulled our starters. I have no idea why he's still in there. I don't know if he was just trying to – maybe he's trying to do like the tough guy coach thing where it's like y'all need to execute something before this night is over. I think it was dumb because he took a lot of hits and he could have got himself hurt. You know, he should have just lived to see another day. But whatever, you know, it's not my, it's not my team. It's not my quarterback. So <laughs> – Dayball's team and he makes the decisions. But anyway, I want to go over these stats here um, of our defensive line. And so that you guys can get a good glimpse of the havoc that was, or a good account of the havoc that was re, uh, that was rendered last night. So Osa, our third year defensive tackle. Wow. And I can't wait to talk about him. I'm talk about him later in the show. But this guy comes out, gets two sacks as a, uh, as a defensive tackle, three quarterback hits, and four pressures. Then we have Dorrance Armstrong. And Dorrance Armstrong, I don't know what it was, but I said he looked different over there. He looks like, because you know Dorrance Armstrong, well, you, you guys may not know, but Dorrance Armstrong has been criticized in the past for He's just like a cleanup sack guy or a coverage sack guy. He really doesn't render, you know, authentic pressure. That was the big reason people were upset, you know, when Randy Gregory was lost. Because when you compare Randy Gregory and Doris Armstrong, people were saying, oh, they have the same production. But when you look at the film, it's like Randy Gregory is generating authentic pressure. Doris Armstrong is getting sacks because of various different variables you know good coverage and stuff like that that's what they mean coverage set but yesterday i just saw strength from him and i'm gonna go back i'm gonna rewatch it again but i just saw a different type of strength from him where he was really getting to the quarterback and his stats were two sacks two qb hits and six pressures so I know my eyes weren't feeling me because the stats is backing up what I saw. He was wreaking havoc <laughs> the whole time he was in there. And there's only the two offensive tackles of the Giants, Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas, right? Both first round picks. Both Andrew Thomas has potential to future Pro Bowl. I mean, the guy, I think he may, Andrew Thomas may have already made some Pro Bowls. If he not, he's a young rising star. Same thing for Evan Neal. Um, and that's what DA did to them. Then we have Micah, who we know Micah, just his mere presence on the field, because there's things that's not recorded. For instance, when he calls, I think that was, either it was Thomas or Evan Neal to false start, which caused 
the field goal that got blocked by Wanya Thomas. So we know, y'all know, the lion, the lion, the young lion had talked about that he doesn't really, it's not just about being a sack guy, but it's about impacting the game. He wants to have an Aaron Donald type impact on the game. And that's exactly what he did yesterday because the way that he gets in so fast. But Micah yesterday had a sack, two, P, two QB hits, and six pressures. Then we have Chauncey. Y'all remember Chauncey? Chauncey Golston? The guy that he was a defensive end, but he now plays like a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid role. Uh, he had a sack. QB hit four pressures. Then we have Dante Fowler, two QB hits, four pressures, two pass deflections. <laughs> then we have Sam Slam Williams, three pressures, right? Then we have LVE getting pressures. Then we he got two pressures. Gallimore got two pressures. And then there was five other players that had pressures. And there's many other players that had QB hits, some in our secondary because we were sending our, our corners and safeties on blitzes. This was the most dominant attack, defensive attack that we saw in week one against amongst all teams. I think they no, because I'm listing out this is our entire D line what they were able to produce. I know uh who he's been going viral Aiden Hutchinson I know they say Aiden Hutchinson kind of destroyed the Chiefs cell line but we're not talking about one player we're talking about these areas are not just our starters these are our starters in our second team who was literally obliterating the Giants starting offensive line that's what I want y'all to get in your head so if anything yesterday showed us, and of course it's a long season, we still have more to go. We still have goals to reach. We still have some other teams that we need to pay back from what, you know, sorry, we need to take back from what they stole from us, you know, i.e. the Eagles, i.e. the San Francisco, really the San Francisco 49ers, really. That's the only, that's the only team I'm really worried about because that's the only team that has proven that we have not shown that we can beat. Everybody else we've shown that we can beat, right? But the 49ers is the only team that has shown us that we cannot beat them. So I'll be looking forward to them come week five. But anyway, uh, I think we, let me see if I move into, yeah, I think I can go over this and then we can get into the blast music artist of the week. But what was the key to victory yesterday? Protecting the ball and takeaways. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Actually, it's not crazy because that should be the key to your victory if you know football every week. Protect the ball and get takeaways. When you do both of those things, that's how you have dominant blowouts. And when you look at each of the Dallas Cowboys blowouts under Mike McCarthy, that's exactly what happened. You protect the ball, you take the ball away. Our offense had zero turnovers. Let's clap for that. Zero turnovers. Zero. When the whole narrative all offseason, they even asked Dak, 
right before the game. I'm like, why are they asking him this right before the game? They just, oh, you know you led the league last year with interceptions. And I'm so proud of my freaking quarterback because he was so locked in. He wasn't even listening. I could tell that Dak wasn't even basically hearing what that woman was saying. Because he was so locked in, he already knew we're not turning the ball over. Obviously, that was a emphasis. They Mike McCarthy said it. The front office said it. Many articles were written about the emphasis of protecting the ball and protecting Dak, right? And making sure that at the very least, the ball is protected. And we saw that yesterday. We saw that yesterday from our offense. And honestly, that's all I can freaking ask for. That's all I can ask for. Let's not shoot our own selves in the foot and lose games. If we lose games, let's lose it straight up, fair and square. Let's not lose games because we hurt ourselves. And then the takeaways. I still don't know if I have this number right, (laughs) but I think I do. I went through the ESPN stats, viewed the, 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 uh, each player's stats went through the whole game summary and all that type of stuff. And I believe we had four takeaways total. I believe we had one yay who blocked the punt, and then we know Noah, um, our new cornerback from uh, the Dolphins, returned it for a touchdown. Then we had Gilmore had an interception, Bland had an interception off of uh, Diggs forcing a fumble. And Diggs actually forced two fumbles that night. And we're going to talk about, y'all see Diggs here, he's the, he's the background to this slide, because Trayvon Diggs continues, he continues, he hears the chatter about him, and he continues to disprove it. It's like he takes whatever was said about him that offseason, he comes back the very next year, and he and he shuts y'all the hell up <laughs> because when he got all his interceptions, they said, "Oh, it's great, but look at all the yards." Then he comes the next year; they can't even bring up the whole yard, how much yards given up argument because he took care of that issue. And then remember the end of last year; it was oh, Diggs is soft. He only makes business decisions. He doesn't want to tackle. Remember that Diggs doesn't want to tackle. He comes out tackling, comes out forcing two fumbles. Trayvon Diggs. This is what we're talking about. Our young stars are tired of the chatter. They're tired of it. And they're going to prove, I firmly believe this. This is why I said the Dallas Cowboys will win the Super Bowl this year. Our young stars have gotten the veteran leadership they need, have done the training because they know that they have the potential with their skill set to be great, to make history. And I don't think they're going to stop until they do it. And then the next slide, we're going to get into who are our players or units of the game. Um, But we can pause right here um, and allow Vita to do the uh, Blast Music Artist of the Week. Yes, indeed. What's going on, Cowboys fans? How about them Cowboys? 
That was a great game. If you would call it that, but you know, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so listen, we're going to do the blast artist for tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. But most of all, it's sponsored by the Lee Law Firm. If you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area looking for some legal service, you can go to the Lee Law Firm. You can find them on Facebook, as well as we will show a video right after the blast artist. Last artist of the night is my man Jaysaw, and this is his song called Batty Batty. Check it out. She don't dig for gold. She's a baddie baddie. When she hit the stove, she's a baddie baddie. From head to toe, she a baddie baddie. She achieves her goals. She don't need nobody. She don't dig for gold. Miss Independent, to me that's a baddie. She got a couple businesses up on her like that baddie. Intelligence, to me that's a baddie. When she's out of making money, move she's back to daddy. And she tatted from the hood, but she don't act it when she in the streets. She classy in the bedroom. She get nasty, no man a sucker smacking love. And when she arch that back man from the back, I eat like Batman. Then jump in, I beat it back man. I don't know how to act man. You independent, beautiful nails down to the cuticles, hair down to your booty. Ooh, you must be a stripper. First time I looked at you, but license plate says CEO. I gotta have a look at you. She's a baddie baddie. When she hit the stove, she's a baddie baddie. From head to toe, she a baddie baddie. She achieves her goals. She don't need nobody. She don't dig for gold. You a single mother? This what makes you a baddie. You pay your bills, clothe the kids, no help from daddy. Ambitious. This what makes you a baddie. A day go by, you make no money. You round here acting tragic. Your bank account is looking right, but yet you acting manic. You said you're never going back to bank accounts with dashes. You really round here stomping temper tantrum, crying out lashes. I tell you, calm that ass down. Come here, baddie, baddie. I look her all up in her eyes. She's a Mr. Daddy. I kiss her on her lips. I pull her closer, gripping fatty. I don't trip. I'm making moves like running around with baggies. Now turn that thing around. Let me make you happy. And this the type of shit I'm looking for. My get a ring. Love and happiness. Positive energy is what she brings. The only time we fight if she take my chicken wing. Until you truly are a queen is when you find yourself a king. She's a baddie, baddie. When she hit the stove. She's a baddie, baddie. From head to toe, she a baddie, baddie. She achieves her goals. She don't need nobody. She don't dig for gold. She's a baddie, baddie. When she hit the stove, she's a baddie, baddie. From head to toe, she a baddie, baddie. She achieves her goals. She don't need nobody. She don't dig for gold. The Lee Law Firm. The Lee Law Firm. It is a law firm for those in the Dallas Fort Worth area seeking a holistic approach to solving their legal matters. Just some of the legal services the firm provides is divorces, custody suits, child support, and adoptive child services, criminal defense, DUI defense, 
wills, trust, power of attorneys, and many, many more. You can contact the Lee Law Firm. The Lee Law Firm. And make sure that you say the word blast when you speak to the Lee Law Firm representatives and receive 10% discount on your initial retainer to hire the firm. Yes, indeed. And that was my boy, Jason with Batty Batty. And if you are an independent artist or spoken word poet or even an up and coming comedian looking for some exposure, you can go to blastmusic247.com and register for the free. But most of all, Blast needs the fans. So if you're a fan of music, go ahead and go to BlastMusic247.com, register as a fan, and have access to hundreds of amazing independent music. Blast, changing the industry one artist at a time. All right, Tom, back to you. All right. Okay, so let's go ahead and get back into the next slide. So... Our offensive player of the game, or I said unit of the game. So this is what I'm going to be doing um, for the upcoming weeks. Um, I just want to point out players that I feel like, or units, uh, offensive or defensive units, that really I felt like uh, was the reason why we won the game. So my, I did not pick a specific player this time for the offensive side of the ball, but I picked a unit, which was our offensive line that allowed zero sacks and only three quarterback hits. They kept Dak so clean. His jersey was literally white as snow <laughs> at the end of the game. And I didn't even realize that till I rewatched and you see clips and stuff on social media at, of them talking with Dak after the game. And I'm like, wow, he looks like he didn't even play. So Claps for the offensive line. Um, and I have here on my screen the show that I did about our offensive line literally four months ago where I talked about why the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is going to dominate in this season. If you have not watched it, please go watch it. Please like it and please share it. Um, to, to let people know uh, that star is not shocked by how good our offensive line is because i knew that they were going to be this good and a big reason of that was because of our new offensive line coach mike solari so please go watch that guys please share it it was such an in-depth presentation i mean i really went in depth about our scheme our coaches i mean videos i i mean i went in depth depth so please if y'all can help me uh share that video like it um that would that would help me out a ton but we completely dominated the giants front without tyler smith who is our starting left guard and chuma having to come out early which made tj bass uh go in so tyron zach and Terrence Steele, and this is all according to Pro Football Focus, gave up zero pressures and zero sacks. So three out of our starting five gave up zero pressures and zero sacks. I did see that, Nisi at, uh, at halftime that Aaron Rodgers is carted off the field uh, because apparently his offensive line cannot pass protect. So the Jets 
from what we did to this Giants offensive line, looks like the Jets is going to have a long freaking weekend next week. But anyway, let's stay on task. All right. So, three of our guys. So, Tyron has returned back to form. Then we have Zach. Zach Martin, who looked, I mean, he looked like demigod Zach Martin out there. Maybe he heard Star said we need to trade him. That's why he's playing that good. <laughs> but Zach Martin's out there acting like a demigod again. And then we got Terrence still coming fresh off an ACL injury, giving up zero pressures and zero sacks. Guys, our team is so locked in. I just really don't even know how else to put it because this is crazy. Then we have, I want to give special recognition, I said to two people, Chuma and Coach Solari. Because Chuma literally missed most of training camp. I think he literally went down like the second or third day we were in Oxnard. He missed most of training camp, or he may have even gone down in OTAs. I can't remember, but I know he missed most, if not all of training camp, and he missed all of preseason. But the kid was ready to go. He was ready to go. And who do I attribute that to? Obviously, Chuma putting in the work, but obviously Coach Mike Solari because he made sure Chuma was ready to go. This is why I say, guys, this is, I told y'all, please go and watch my video. I do an in-depth analysis of Coach Mike Solari. He is the key to why our offensive line is going to be ready to go. They're ready to go now. I have confidence. We put Chuma in there. He didn't have no no preseason. He goes in there, d- dominates. I'm not sure. I don't have the stats on if he what pressures or whatever he gave up, but I have the stats for the whole offensive line. Zero sacks and three QB hits. So... Whatever he did, if he did give up a pressure here and there, that's obviously not that big of a deal. But Coach Mike Solari, he clearly has our depth prepared to step in. Then after Chuma, we saw what Austin did in the preseason, right? So, and this kid actually got to play in the preseason. So I'm confident if something happens to Tyron, I have faith that Austin's going to be able to go right in there and do his job. Then we have TJ Bass, amazing, undrafted free agent out of Oregon. He comes in, steps right in for Chuma. Uh, excellent job. Guys, the days of offensive line woes, we've been asking for our offensive line to get back to what it was um, in 2016 and before that. Um uh, because, you know, they say our offensive line hasn't been what it was since uh, our center retired, which, y'all forgive me, I can't put his name in the chat. I can't remember his name right now. Y'all don't crucify me. But our offensive line hasn't been the same since he uh, retired. And I think those days are over, guys. Like I said, I predicted that we were going to have a dominant offensive line. And I even tweeted after the preseason game, the the Raiders preseason game, that our offensive line has the potential to be top top five in this league. And I think they all but showed it last night. Injury or not. Injury or not. So, claps and kudos to the freaking offensive line. Because it is because of them that are off that are we was able to run the ball. I think Tony got 77 yards, right? It was because of them that Dak was able to stay clean. 
and get those passes off. And y'all remember Mike said that a big, big emphasis of this season. I just love when our coaches back up what they preach, right? Because Mike said the biggest emphasis this this offseason was to protect Dak Prescott and to make sure that Dak Prescott could play the whole season as well as uh, the entire postseason. And from the way that this offensive line played, guys, last night, I mean, I'm confident that 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 was their focus, and that's exactly what they're going to do this season. So shout out to the offensive line. And, you know, if my prediction is correct, they're just going to keep dominating. Um, And the Giants' offensive line is nothing to sneeze at. Dexter Lawrence, pro bowler. I think he actually was all pro last year. Leonard, uh, I think, what is his name? Their defensive tackle, Leonard something. I, I don't remember his name, but he's an animal. Travis Frederick, thank you, Nietzsche. That was our center. Uh, Leonard Williams, their other defensive tackle. Then you're going against Stud, Kayvon Thibodeau. Stud, Aziz, Aziz uh, his name, Ojolari. Um, that that Giants line is, is nothing to sneeze at at all. Those are top-of-the-line players, and our offensive line dominated them dominated them so fabulous wonderful job uh to coach Mike Solari because he had those boys ready to freaking play all right then we're gonna move into defensive player of the game or unit of the game so I had to pick three uh these are the guys that I felt like really set the tone and flipped the game and what I will say blew my socks off. <laughs> blew my socks right off. Osa oh freaking Diggy Zool. Wow. I said he was looking real Aaron Donaldish to me. Real Aaron Donaldish. Uh I forgot there was another defensive tackle that came out the same time as Osa. And people were saying he was the next big thing. I can't remember who it was. Um, no, uh, I was like, I want to say it's Jordan Davis, but no, Jordan Davis was after Osa. But Osa, this is what your 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 third year defensive tackle put out on the field: four ta- total tackles, two sacks, two tackle tackles for loss, three QB hits, and four pressures. Those that said that the man played out of his freaking mind, and if Osa keeps that up, I believe that he. He has he can make his first Pro Bowl if he continues that type of play. Four t- four tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, three QB hits, and four pressures. That is a relentless performance. That is a relentless performance, and I think Osa has got into his man by so for every freaking body that has something to say about Mozzie Smith, who Mozzie Smith actually had a good debut. Uh, yesterday, I actually put out on Twitter. I was like, "Did y'all not see how he literally bull rushed and dominated John Michael Smith, who was the best center out of last year's uh, out of this past draft?" Like Mozzie has has some has some ways to grow, just like Osa did. But guess what? It typically takes defensive tackles about three years to get to who they really are going to be. Give Mozzie time. In my, I'm very, I'm going, I'm willing to bet in three years, Mozzie Smith 
and y'all can quote me or bookmark me or screen screenshot i don't care but in three years mozzie smith will be the most dominant nose tackle in the league mark my words on that it won't be jalen carter it won't be jordan davis or what's the other guy uh Elijah can't it won't be none of those guys it's going to be mozzie freaking smith mozzie freaking smith and i am aware that Oh, it's his name. Jalen Carter is obviously a three-tag. He's a pass-rushing defensive tackle. So, I know that. But I'm saying Mozzie is going to be the most dominant because he's going to develop his pass rush as well. And, and by the way, guys, Mozzie had a tackle for loss yesterday. Just so y'all know. I think he also had a QB hit um, in pressure. Just so y'all know. So, anyway. The next is Wanye Thomas. Now, this kid is who I think set the tone for the entire game. When Micah caused that false start and the Giants had to end up taking the field goal, he does the field goal block, right? I said block I don't know why I said that. That's not it. He blocked the field goal. He didn't block a punt. So that's my fault. But anyway, he had two total tackles, pass deflection, and he blocked the punt. That blocked punt set the tone for the whole game. After he did that, the Giants' spirit was just broken. You could just tell that it was downhill from there. And y'all, and it's just special. Wanye is special because this was an undrafted free agent. And he was tearing it up in preseason. We were so happy that he made the team. But for him to show who, for him to keep up the performance, that's that's what's really why he really deserves praise. Because it's one thing to do it in a preseason, and it's one thing to do it when the games actually count. And the way that he stepped up in the absence of Dono is just phenomenal. This is our backup. Our backup, and I believe he probably is going to – he might make in NFC uh, special teams player of the week for the performance that he put up yet last night. Just phenomenal. But third that I have on this list is Trayvon freaking Diggs. I have here no more business decisions. He had three solo, solo tackles, pass deflection, and two forceful. This kid, and this is what I was saying earlier in the show, Trayvon Diggs continues to hear the chatter, and every single time he's crucified about something, he goes and he fixes it in an offseason. If that doesn't scream greatness, I don't know what does. If that doesn't scream greatness, I don't know what does. We have such special, unique players on our team. We've got to win a Super Bowl, guys, with this team that we have. And I believe we will. I believe we're going to this year. But the talent that we have on this team is just, I mean, we. Because we know every Super Bowl team, you got to have a couple of Hall of Famers on there. 
Name a Super Bowl team that didn't have Hall of Famers on it. Name one. <laughs> You've got to have a couple of Hall of Famers on offense and defense to be able to win Super Bowls. And <laughs> Roll Tide. I'm guessing you are a Bama fan. But um, you have to have Hall of Fame caliber caliber players on your team if you want to win a Super Bowl. And I think we've gotten that, guys. I think we have a we have a lot. Um, and this season is just, I think, like I said, Carpe Omnia. We just season everything. We just season, seizing, taking everything. We heard all the chatter all week. I mean, we heard all, all that chatter all off season. We heard it. We heard it. And everybody who's been talking is going to have to be shut the hell up. All right. Moving on to our last slide. Is where do we need to improve versus the Jets? And I only had one issue. And I tweeted about it during the game yesterday. I only had one issue with one position group. And that was our tight ends. Specifically, our starting tight ends, which is Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. I have here their stats yesterday. Dak targeted Ferguson more than any of his other wide receivers and tight ends. He targeted him seven times yesterday. And he had two receptions for 11 yards and a drop touchdown. Now, I know that it was raining yesterday. I also know uh, that the, they're young. Uh, this was his, you know, first time He's that he is tight end one, right? So, it's the first game of the season. I'm going to let it slide, okay? Just attribute it. Just first game jitters. The rain, right? Although I can't attribute too much to the rain because was it just raining on the tight ends or was it raining on everybody? I think it was raining on everybody. And our wide receivers were catching the balls. Um, so I really think you can maybe attribute some stuff to the rain, but you can't attribute all of it. And two receptions for 11 yards after being targeted seven times, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. Now, granted, uh, our team led the league along with the Texans in drops, of course. (laughs) That's luck with drops seems to still be a freaking issue but let's let's hope that that uh that that doesn't continue let's just attribute it to the rain that's why i'm gonna hope we're attributing it to the rain and next week will be better because next week is a home game we're not gonna have to deal with no rain but those those drops and see this is why i had henny not even making a team guys because his drops were in OTAs, training camp, preseason. I don't know what it is, but he's got a Lunda. We got one of the best tight end coaches in the league. But these young team tight ends, Lunda, I'm giving you a 
tap on the hand. <laughs> Giving you a tap. But them tight ends was not looking good yesterday. Okay? Hendershot was only targeted once for a top for a touchdown. Perfectly placed ball by Dak in the rain. And he dropped it. So we got to bring in the context because I know there's some Eagles fans and some Giants fans and Commanders fans like, oh, look at that Prescott stat line. He didn't have any touchdowns. He only threw this many yards. I'm like, but so we're not going to mention that we literally had four drops leading the league in drops. Y'all were talking about Mahomes receivers being terrible in their drops. I think they only had three per pro football focus. So let's let's make it make sense, okay? Um, and so I have here <laughs> the, in the back, it says, keep calm or press this panic button. We should not panic yet, but we need to monitor this group closely. A quarterback's best friend is their tight end. Ferguson and Hendershop are going to have to step it up because if you cannot get off against that giant secondary, what are you going to do against better secondary, guys? And I didn't put this on here, but I also think we may need to give Luke Shoemaker some looks. And honestly, we may need to elevate Sean McEwen. Because if this if we if this persists, I'm not saying that it will, right? I said we're gonna give them a give them a pass. First game of the season, raining, etc. But if this type of stuff persists, I want to see Shoemaker get more targets, and I want to see Sean McEwen elevated. Because you can call Sean McEwen is just like a Dalton Schultz. They're not wiggly, they're not yak guys, but the one thing they will do is catch the freaking ball. <laughs> And we need our tight ends to catch the freaking ball. Did they block well yesterday? Yes, they did. Props to them for blocking. But in this offense, you're not just required to block. You've got to catch balls. You've got to catch balls. So that is something that I'm, there's a group that I'm going to be, that I'm going to expect improvement from um, facing the Jets this Sunday. Um, something another thing that we can watch is uh the run defense. Now we own, we held Saquon to fifty five yards uh rushing. Not sure what he got past seen. Did not pull that stat, but we did hold Saquon to fifty five yards. Um, so ultimately we did our jobs, but. In that first drive, uh, they were moving the ball on us. I do believe most of that is because of Daniel Jones scrambling. We're not going to have to really deal with that. Well, yeah, if Aaron Rodgers is hurt, we may have to deal with some more scrambling. So I would like to see us just quell that a little bit better. Dan Quinn is also, but Dan Quinn, the type of coordinator he is, he usually. I think he plays around with stuff always on the first drive because, but it always usually just ends in a field goal because we kind of have like a bend on break defense. So I'm not like too concerned about it or anything like that. Um, but it's just something to watch because the Jets do have Brees Hall 
who was a pretty dynamic young back. Um, trying to see. And like I said, if Zach Wilson has to play in place of Aaron Rodgers, they may have him running and, and stuff like that. So we just got to do a little bit better with, you know, limiting the running QBs, which we did end up doing that for Daniel Jones. But honestly, I feel like it wasn't so much that we stopped him from running more so they started passing too much and that's like a no-no against this Dallas defense <laughs> passing the ball is like a no-no against this uh but I need to see us I need to see Dan Quinn figure out a way to to to, to, to limit that a little bit better that's what I would say um and just the discipline because these RPOs, because like, we know the freaking Eagles. I don't know if y'all watched them versus the Patriots. I did. The scheme is regurgitated. They literally have not changed a single thing about their offense. They haven't changed a single thing about Hurts. Um, and to be quite honest, I think Bill Belichick ex- exposed and, and, and took care of that, wrapped that scheme on right up. If it hadn't been for New England's turnovers, they would have won that game. So, uh, all Philly got is Jalen Hurts' legs. <laughs> they got Jalen Hurts' legs and deep balls. That's exactly what they had last year, and that's exactly what they got this year. Um, so, we just got to make sure with these running quarterbacks that we keep them um, in check. I don't know how many running quarterbacks we faced this year. I mean, I have to go through the list and, and count them or whatever, but we just want to do the best to limit limit those those plays because it seems like, you know, of course, you know, and that's why we drafted Mozzie in the first and all this type of stuff because teams know they can't pass against us, so they try to run the ball on us. But ultimately, we did a great job. He'll say quantum 55 yards uh, rushing. Held Daniel Jones. I don't know what we ultimately held him to, but uh, we were able to obviously hold their offense to zero. Uh, but that was with help of our special teams, right? So, anyways, that that is the conclusion of my presentation. Um, we thank you so much, first of all, for listening, for rocking with me. Please uh, share and subscribe. Share, like, uh, share this video, like this video, comment on this video, subscribe to Stargazer Sports, please, and encourage your mama and your mama's cousin and your daddy's and your daddy's cousin to subscribe to Stargazer Sports as well. Uh, please help us grow the channel by donating to my cash app here, dollar sign Stargazer Sports, so that we can continue to grow the channel. Um, and do put out fire content for you guys. Uh, check out, uh, I know the season has started, but uh, I did go to training camp like three weeks ago when, when it was in at the star. I uploaded a video of all those fun clips that you guys can see uh, of our players um, and their growth and some cool like passing concepts and a lot of that stuff. So please look out and watch, uh, watch my video and share and like that. Also have some fun uh, offensive line versus defensive line drills in my shorts videos. So just help me out, guys, any way you can. Um, you can't donate, liking and sharing and subscribing is all free. So please do that. And also, like I encourage you guys as well to 
subscribe to the Blast Music 247 YouTube page as well, uh, because they are the lovely uh, organization that has allowed me to have this platform of uh, Star, the Stargazer Sports Podcast. Um, and with that, I am done. Uh, I hope you guys have a great, great night. I'm probably going to catch uh, the rest of this Bills versus Jets game. And uh, preferably, we will see you guys uh, next week at 7 o'clock. You guys have a good night.